Folks, this right here is not an ad. It is an announcement about this show, The Cracked Podcast. This is pretty new news that you may not know. We're going on our first ever tour this spring. We will have unique and custom-made live shows for these specific places, Lincoln Hall in Chicago, Illinois on Thursday, April 11th, and Amsterdam Bar and Hall in St. Paul, Minnesota on Friday, April 12th. Chicago, April 11th, St. Paul, April 12th. Those are the shows. Tickets are on sale now and linked in our footnotes. And I've wanted to be able to do this with the show for a long, long, long time. So there's a lot of excitement coming into this and coming in to see you in the upper Midwest, in my childhood region that I'm from. And I hope I'll see you out there in Chicagoland and or the Twin Cities. And now, on with this show. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of The Cracked Podcast, the podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm the head of podcasting here at Cracked. I'm also known as Schmitty the Clam, also known as Schmitty the Champ, and I am also, also realizing how good the movie Minority Report fooled me. It uh, it, it might have fooled me the goodest, fooled me most, most biggest out of all sci-fi movies. And you can trust my opinion because me use grammar rightly. Enough, uh, enough talking that way. Here's, here's the point. The movie Minority Report from 2002 uh, and also the short story it's based on, which is from 1956 called The Minority Report by Philip K. Dick. They all work with some of the most fascinating themes in the world, right? It's justice and freedom and metal spider thingies. Those are the pillars of society. And the thing is, that movie is really, really interesting as a text and as an ethical thing, you know? But I think that also helps it sneak by some really, really weird technology, right? Some tech that makes absolutely no sense as day-to-day stuff. I'm not talking about the precogs that are kind of magical. I'm talking about basic everyday consumer electronics and that kind of thing is the topic of today's episode. We are talking about world-famous scientific universes that have no idea how technology works. Isn't that that counterintuitive? Amazing sci-fi with amazing future stuff where the technology makes no sense at all. And it turns out it's just about all of them. Isn't that fun? Spoiler, it is very fun. And it's particularly fun because of our guests today. One of them is a returning guest. He is Cracked columnist, editor, and more Dan Hopper. As you'll hear, an article he wrote is a big jumping off point for today's show. We're also joined by a new guest, comedian, writer, and more Mujan Zulfagari, who you may know as one of the voices of Mission to Zix, which is an improv comedy podcast that is incredibly well-crafted with all kinds of soundbed because it's in a sci-fi world. And so she is always coming up with comedy in a sci-fi context and does other stuff too, but you know what I mean. Both of these people are so funny, so great, and have had their minds trained on the idea of whether a sci-fi universe has tech that's any better than our own today, right now. And I'm really excited to talk to him about it today. So let's get into it. Please sit back or keep standing in front of a floating screen that's extremely hard to use and hard to read, even though you live in the 22nd century and your grandparents had Apple and Microsoft. Either way, enjoy this episode of The Cracked Podcast with Dan Hopper and Mujan Zulfagari. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Article is called Six Sci-Fi Movie Technologies That Went Stupidly Backwards. It's by Dan and Nathan Kamal and Jordan Breeding. Uh, do you remember what like sparked you guys on writing this in, in the first place? Well, I'm I'm always a big fan in you know in movies where futuristic movies or even like dystopian movies where they have something futuristic or dystopian that doesn't make any sense. It just looks cool and different and weird. And a lot of times it's like counterproductive in a way you know it's just like some futuristic (laughs) thing you're like the screens are trapezoid shaped or something you know something like that where it's just like (laughs) this isn't the present look stuff's different right and then when you give it a second thought you're like wait no one would ever want that and that's way worse than stuff we already have it just looks weird and different because it has to because it's a movie. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking of like windows. A lot of uh, so many sci-fi things, there'll be a triangular window or some kind of strange shape to it. And I feel like throughout a lot of regular history, windows have been pretty rectangular. Yeah, it's just like normal. RoboCop had like different cups that they were just just cups that they drink from is different. It's like no cups oh, have generally yeah. been the same for hundreds <laughs> of years. We don't go to Square anytime soon. It's just... I, and I I like the idea that like 
people are all wearing one uniform or something like that. Or, you know, it's like yeah. everyone in the future wears silver jumpsuits or, or something. Or like in her, like, where like the pants were like up, yeah. like high waist pants. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, it's different. That, it's different now. That, like things, things remain like mostly, like cups remain mostly static for you know, 3,000 years, <laughs> and then in a five-year period, they're like, we're reinventing cups. Yeah. Or like, everyone's wearing these jumpsuits now. Cups are such a perfect example because every once in a while I come on, uh, come upon one of those water coolers where it's just a triangular cone yeah. instead of a cup. It makes yeah. me so angry. I can't put it down anywhere. Yeah. Very upset. There's one, uh, one thing from this article that I don't know how many people saw the Total Recall remake in 2012, but it hinges on a thing where Phones are just in people's hands. You don't have a separate device anymore. You just press glowing buttons that appear within your hand, and that's your phone. That seems terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. Because now the phone could be across the room. It could be, like, in your pocket. Like, you can talk to people hands-free. That's just putting yeah. too much effort. Oh, it's deeply on hands-free. It's your hand. You're stuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's your hand, and also they, like, point it on windows or glass, and then it projects... Like it becomes like a FaceTime type thing right. on the window. So you're going to like call your family and instead of just FaceTiming with your phone, which is very easy and anyone yeah. can do it now, you're going to walk over to a window and point to it and hold your finger there for an hour while you like yeah. <laughs> talk to your family. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Also, you can't like fake getting a phone call. Like you can't be like, I'm sorry, I got to get this call because like it's your hand. Oh. Like everyone will see it. <laughs> <laughs> Think of how how much everyone made fun of the Apple Watch or how much people make fun of any new technology. And like think of how who is going to propose like what we're going to put the ha we're going to make your hand the phone. Right, yeah. Like you get made fun of so hard it would fail immediately and then we like phones are fine. Like no one is complaining about your phone not being your hand. Like <laughs> Well, and like you said, uh, also then your handphone, if you want to have a video call with someone, you need to press it against mm. a glass surface and then a video will appear on the glass surface, which means to have a call, you just have to have your hand against a thing no. the entire time. You can't just let it run <laughs> right. and work. Yeah. But I can see the promo <laughs> of how they try to make it cool in the commercials, like exchange context by like high-fiving. Like oh, they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna yeah, try yeah. and make it when this actually does happen in 2028. Like it's, they're gonna try very hard. <laughs> also, I don't want any part of technology inside of me because what if, yeah. what if you're an amputee? You know, this is anti those who don't have hands. Like, what oh. do you do if you don't have a hand? Yeah, it would fail whatever uh, laws we have for, yeah. for people. Like or if that. you get cut yeah. there and you're just bleeding profusely, you have to oh. get another phone. Like. <laughs> The human body is fragile, but iPhones are forever. I love this as an example because like a lot of these we'll talk about, this Total Recall remake came out in 2012 when we definitely had much better versions of all this already. Mm -hmm. Like that wasn't that long yeah. ago when first iPhone came out in 2007. And with the video call part, Skype was so popular in 2011 that it sold for $8.5 billion to Microsoft. Like we, we had very popular better right. versions of this handphone thingy. When the movie came out. Yeah. It's great. Mm -hmm. Very funny to me. It reminds me of the, the real life version, which I don't know when it came out, but the Google Glass, which is like the greatest failure. Oh, that, yeah. That, that felt like something that in movies would be totally cool and would be like a futuristic thing, but it ended up just going away. Like, I don't see it anywhere anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, either of you guys ever try it? I, I never tried it, yeah. but I kind of wanted to. I don't. I think I have a small. I have a small head, and so it just never really <laughs> oh. didn't work for me. Uh, it was just my own problem. I have a giant head, and it was great. No. I'm <laughs> but one of the guys but, from Google, I forget, it's either Larry Page or Sergey, the Sergey, the other oh, guy. Yeah, like, on, yeah, yeah, on his wedding, he actually went down the aisle wearing his Google glass. Because <laughs> oh he's like, this God. is the future, and I'm here, and I'm the creator. And, oh, man, looking back. <laughs> oh, what a bummer. I, 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 I saw a wedding couple once enter to Gangnam Style, because it was that month that every the Gangnam Style was out. And yeah. I feel like the Google Glass thing is even more embarrassingly dated than that. Yeah. Also, why do you need it? Like, why do you need it on that day? <laughs> like you said, though, it's a perfect example of just, this is a futuristic movie. We got to do futury yeah. shit. Like, yeah. the wind, hand, window, phone, the future. Like, and no one stops to think, like, does this make any sense? It just has to delineate the movie as, like, different than our current time, even though it's a thing that is actually less technologically savvy than phones we all have. 
Yeah. Do you guys know if there if there are any movies in the past that did kind of predict an iPhone situation? Like, because I feel like movies in the past, like eighties and seventies, when they did sci-fi, they still had like cell phones. They kind of predicted cell yeah. phones, but no one really got. No one really predicted it right. I think there's a weird thing where uh, one of the early cell phone inventors he loved Star Trek, and so the Star Trek like original series communicator where it flips open that's oh. that's basically a flip phone yeah and that actually was an influence on him wanting to he said oh we should have wireless phones that'd be a good idea so they they succeeded uh but like also i feel like that didn't look radical at the time right. even it's just like oh he's holding a thingy that's a prop you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thingies were huge in the 60s yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blade Runner, they do like a video call, mm-hmm. but it's like real staticky and it's a giant machine that you have to like dial and yeah. f- and constantly tune so the person's not out of focus and stuff. I don't think anyone, I don't know if anyone predicted like iPhones being as small and working as well as they do. Yeah, Gremlins 2 though, they do do a video conference from the main character's desk with his girlfriend. Like oh, they have, wow. Yeah, Ooh, that's watching, right. Yeah. And I was just like, it actually did it really well. It was like practical and nice looking. And the video quality yeah. wasn't good, though, which I don't get because it's like if you have that technology, why isn't the video quality good? But yeah. <laughs> and then they capture the electricity gremlin in it. Yes. And we, ha- and we have that technology <laughs> we, now. We, we can do. capture <laughs> We can capture electric gremlins in our phones and then shoot them out and melt all the other gremlins in the- <laughs> And use promo code Electric Kremlin yeah, for yes, yes, our yes. sponsor. <laughs> well, even Mujan, when you bring up her, I feel like that movie is one in particular where people were like, other than the pants, they were like, a lot of this is about to happen. Like yeah. video games will be the way his video game was. And and I wonder I wonder what drives creators to nail it. Like maybe it's just not doing the thing of, mm-hmm. I think this would look fun. So it's the future. I, yeah. I don't know what really gets them to nail it. Yeah, I guess it's taking the underlying impulses for why we have things and like extrapolating them to the next level versus being like, this is just a thing that looks cool and different. So like, you know, something like Wally. like I feel like I think about that every single yeah, day where it's just too. like, here's all this stuff that's done for you and in, a, in the way that it's done for you. And you're just like, oh man, this is like two degrees away from what we have with like Amazon boxes yeah. right now. I feel like oh, Wally yeah. of, of the films that y- your article touched upon or like in general, that's the <laughs> one that's more true because I feel in the future we want to do less with our technology. Mm-hmm. We want to just like yeah. exist yeah, yeah, yeah. and things happen as opposed to like touch yeah. things or move our body or like have to <laughs> actually be <laughs> physically active. <laughs> Especially all these like video call things. And we've also got some hologram stuff here that like is such a pain. And I I just want to get information delivered to me easily. And every movie is like, oh, you want some information? Here comes the most elaborate hologram (laughs) of anyone ever. Like, oh, Princess Leia has a message. It's going to be a tiny blue thing out of a droid. Sorry. That's the way it is. Well, you know, in these movies, it's always like a one second scene where they're like trying to find some footage of a killer or something. And so it's like... Tom Cruise throw, throws on gloves and he's swiping giant windows <laughs> and he's like, what's going on over here? And he like walks over and swipes the window and stuff like that. And yeah. it, it looks really cool in a in a three minute scene. But like that's going to be is that going to be your job where right. like nine, ten hours a day you're like physically swiping windows back and forth like that's it's exhausting. <laughs> and again, it's regressing from just having windows on your computer that you can click easily with no movement. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I want to see that scene, and in the corner, there's an intern who's like, I, "I'm on their iPhone." They're like, "I figured it out." Like, <laughs> it's all on the internet, guys. Um. Tom Cruise, like, oh, we talked about this, dude. Uh, it looks way cooler when I when I yell enhance and then make like a you know square with my fingers. Instead yeah. of uh, opening the window that we've had for 30 years. There's a cracked article, five awesome sci-fi movie technologies that suck in real life. <laughs> and the first pers- thing it picks out is those gesture-based computers that are in Minority Report. Uh, if people don't remember, he has special gloves on that have lights on them. And so then he's doing all information by moving it. And if I remember the scene right, also the camera is like sweeping around and there's classical music playing in a way where it's like, oh, the dance of his information. And <laughs> that would be horrible. Actual designers have found that in real life, raising your arms for even more than a little bit of time gives you what's called gorilla arm, where your arms immediately start to hurt and also get kind of bulkier if you're doing it every day. Because right. I guess it happened to the engineers they tried it on. 
he would hate his job so much if that was how it worked. Yeah, I feel like that's yeah. a tie bow move, like <laughs> up yeah. and down and up and down and side and side. It's great for toning the muscles, but because he has a standing desk basically, which which many people do, but like your legs are kind of built to stand, your arms are not built to be doing this exact like aerobic exercise all the time when you're just word processing. Terrible. Every, everyone in the future has a jacked upper body, <laughs> but stops doing work at like nine forty. <laughs> so just exhausted. Uh, there's pros and cons here like uh, (laughs) and it's only the upper body the lower body is just frail and like tiny there's no muscle definition at all yeah everyone's just in a chair that's the work day of the future that's what's gonna happen yeah because this kind of tech the article will footnote it it's got great shots of it in iron man 2 and prometheus and star trek discovery and probably five more movies between us taping this and it coming out i i feel like throughout the existence of computers they have not been that way like we mm-hmm. we so early on even in like the punch card days did not have this stupid thing for people to do it's just great that all all sci-fi is like no he needs to look cool doing his thing with it and also uh like while we're on minority report uh there's one other tech that the movies from 2002 in minority report they are dealing with data when they're in their little uh, detective's office. And so it's on these enormous glass cool versions of a flash drive. And so there's a bunch of scenes where it's like, get me those license informations. And then a guy does and then brings it in a storage device and puts it in. Because uh, the movie doesn't have Wi-Fi. Uh. There's, no, there's no Wi-Fi on their computers. And in 2002, that was a thing. I don't know if people remember, but there was Wi-Fi. Yeah, I don't remember the life before then. That's weird. Yeah, like everything was physical media to store stuff. Yeah. Which also in Star Wars was such a thing. But that was earlier. You know, I get it. But Minority Report is doing that when in 1997, Carnegie Mellon had Wi-Fi across all of their campus. Like It wasn't that hard to get Wi-Fi places at the time. And then their awesome futuristic movie, he's just using flash drives for everything. Wait, what year was that again? What year was Minority Report? Uh, 2002. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's definitely, yeah. yeah. There was Wi-Fi. There's the internet. There's GeoCities and Angel Fire and Zanga and Live yeah. Journal. He goes to GeoCities a bunch of times in, yeah. in Minority Report. He does. I don't, know if, I don't know if you've seen it recently, but he's just constantly updating his, his neighborhood is Minority Report <laughs> slash if anyone remembers. His GeoCities page of Mortal Kombat yeah. three rumors. <laughs> like, he's a guest book. It's a big plot point in Minority <laughs> Report. Yeah. Who would who would do early blogging more than those precogs, right? They're just <laughs> yeah. in a tube all the time. I would blog constantly. This is not even in the future, but I, I watched the first Mission Impossible recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a part where he needs to do um, hacking in the sense that he just needs to figure out a password. And mm-hmm. so they just show him at a computer figuring out a password for a long time. So they try to do a lot of quick cuts. Yeah. And there's a lot of him like getting up and walking around the room and like thinking very, uh, you know, physically. <laughs> uh, but then he just figures out the password and that's it. And there's just no way to make it cool. It's just very yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> there's, I think there's two ways. Like TV shows and movies either do it. It's the most easiest, most obvious password. In the X-Files, like Mulder's yeah. password is always trust no one or like Samantha or like aliens. <laughs> like it was so, I was a big X-Files fan, but the password thing was like, come on, man. Think of, oh, man. you're okay. an FBI agent. Just make it not <laughs> trust no one. But, or it's the compl- it's the opposite where like you see cra- someone is analyzing finding a password and they use those like graphs that are in the sky and like a globe and like code yeah. and like. We don't need to see that. That's definitely a, a <laughs> that's a major take me out of the thing moment when someone guesses the password as a plat as a big plot point. Yeah, right. Where it's because they they always like fail twice and then they look over. It's always a third time. They look over it. and they see a picture of like the wife and it's like her name's Sharon and then they try Sharon and it works. So you know it's like yeah, yeah. really like <laughs> the three <laughs> things like <laughs> in that Mission Impossible scene it's it's Bible based. He realizes which verse of the Bible it's from. And, oh, uh, cool. Uh, no, it's not. It's not cool at all. Uh, <laughs> no, it's terrible. I'm just humoring you. <laughs> well, also, uh, speaking of like basic internet stuff, uh, from, from that article, Dan, there's one uh, from the movie AI, which is amazing because mm-hmm. it came out in 2001 and it's a search engine, but they have to go to one specific <laughs> place where it's a physical object that is a search engine that like only works in riddles. But we had search engines in the 90s. Like, it was completely a thing. It was very easy to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alta Vista was huge. I1.com. Sure, yeah. No, yeah. Google existed too. But uh, yeah, Ask there's, Jeeves. 
Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, that's right. That had character. I, in, in AI, they need information. They go to, it, it's, I think you pay money. They, I think the characters have to pay, and it's like this exclusive thing that's like a floating holographic, like, professor face. It kind of looks like the Mario 64 face at the beginning mm-hmm. of that game. It's like a floating head, but he, <laughs> and he has two, like, floating hands. And, yeah, he just they ask him questions, and he either alternately doesn't understand stuff or gives, like, cryptic, riddly answers. And they're like, Please, you know, we've got to know this. Isn't he, like, trying to figure out his parents or his origin? Or... I think so. Yeah. And it can't just okay. give – it can't just straight up give the information. It has to be, like, whimsical – yeah, um, the, <laughs> right. the iRobot thing, which we we also maybe talk about, is similar to that, where it's like in iRobot, James Cromwell's character, he's like a doctor is working on these these robots. He knows they're going to rebel and he he gets killed, but they make it look like a suicide. But he leaves behind a hologram that Will Smith <laughs> can ask questions to. And as Will Smith asks more and more like probing questions, it reveals a little bit more information and so it's like this developing mystery, whereas he could have just left a note to Will Smith. Right. It's like, robots rebelling, be careful. Something like that. You know, a post-it note would have been way <laughs> yeah. easier, but it's the future. So it's like this hologram that is like, speaks in riddles, basically. And in both cases, it's like, well, we can't have the information given away too quickly. So they invent this futuristic technology that basically is like, just sort of slowly moves the mystery forward a mm-hmm. little bit. And also it's very visual because it's like a hologram. And so it's like we have these futuristic movies where it's like information hologram man that you can interact with. And really it's just like just give the information. It would take five seconds and cut an hour out of the movie. Right, yeah. <laughs> but they can't do that. No, also yeah. just what a shitty like gift from a will. Like here's a hologram that yeah. kind of works. <laughs> and it's going to be with you. Ugh. Yeah, if Will Smith didn't investigate it on his own and ask the correct right. questions, he never would have gotten the right info from the hologram. So James Cromwell, who's about to die, is like, also, how does he program that? Yeah. There's all these, like, if-then, like, coding things, and, yeah. like, he's just like, I sure hope he asks the right questions. <laughs> like, like, I'm not just going to give him the info. He's like, I'll put in this... Uh, this one, if he asks the right question, then I'll put in a couple gag ones if he gives, you know, if he asks the wrong questions, and then uh, like a, if he if he gives up and says fuck you, I'll have a I'll have a witty response to that. And he's like programming all these like Easter eggs and stuff, like as he's about to get thrown out a window. I don't know. It but does it the hologram look sense. cool? It does look pretty okay, cool. Okay, so that's it's James all that matters. Cromwell. He's all that cool. matters. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll footnote the uh, the clip of it, because the clip is very, very funny to me, but part of it is, like, he's initially talking to the hologram of James Cromwell, and then the camera swoops around to reveal that it's 2D the whole time. Oh, no. Oh, crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. It's a flat picture. It wasn't It wasn't the guy from Babe at all. No, like, uh, it's a, a 2D? Yeah, yeah. And then every conversation ends with Will Smith works his way to a question, and then James Cromwell says... That detective is the right question. Program terminated. No. And then he disappears. He just doesn't say, like, the answer. He's like, I have had all of the time in the world while being murdered to make this, like, scavenger hunt yeah. for you. Oh, he's having fun. That hologram is having a blast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he could have jotted down on a post-it note, like, watch out for the robots with glowing red middles. They're, they're evil. Now I'm going to leave so I don't get oh, murdered. Yeah. Because I remember I wrote about it was a bunch of humanoid robots. And is it a thing where you know they're evil because they're red now? Yeah. That's a thing at every Yes, time. it is. Oh, right. That's true in real life. Yeah. <laughs> when they were building the robots, they put a red light on it. Yep. And they're like, if they ever go evil, this will light up. But hopefully we'll never need this light. And so <laughs> just installing the evil light on all of them. We sure? We don't want them making go evil. No, they can make go evil. Let's <laughs> not give them that option. I'm, but not, like... I'm not making them go evil evil i'm just putting a light on in case they do go evil don't relax yeah but maybe let's program it so they never go evil why don't we work on that part we have to allow for the possibility they might go evil you always got to be prepared it's the future (sighs) both those characters are eating giant sandwiches because now it's lunch like oh that's lunch hey and then they they both fall asleep and will smith sneaks past them to get to the security (laughs) area he needs to get to yeah they're both watching the the Yankees 2000 game. Wow, boy, like, we got a bet on this. <laughs> yeah. 
like it's like the Yankees, but they're playing some weird like cyber ball yeah. or something. Or they're whatever. also two pigeons. Uh, they're, they're talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, no one said no to any ideas on that on that iRobot nope. <laughs> film. They're just like, no ideas are bad ideas. Just toss them in. Pigeons love it. Right? You mean? Do you mean the Animaniacs? Yep, pigeons? Yeah, the, the yeah, Animaniacs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we took down the sacred cows of AI and iRobot. <laughs> the two films everyone loves. And also off of like red color, it's sort of a weird thing where I feel like almost all sci-fi, there's a lot of blue and mm-hmm. then things are only red when things are bad, but otherwise it's blue all the time. Yeah. The trouble with that is in real life, most of our computers in like an airplane or a submarine or a space where it's dark, like a lot of sci-fi places are, they uh, in real life make them red because that doesn't ruin your night vision. There's a thing called the Purkinje effect which is where your eyes can see red and not lose their adjustment to the darkness. And so that's the actual thing. But in in every movie, it's a giant blue screen that's very uh, low contrast and hard to read. I wonder if that was like based on a focus group. Like they had a scene that was correct, and then they brought it to actual viewers. And everyone's oh. like, it's lame. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know if it started with Independence Day, but I feel like at some point in the 90s, we decided that light blue was like the future color. Mm-hmm. And every yeah. and everything futuristic is like kind of glowy light blue. That's like became like the alien color and like the future color. And then it's been repeated for a while now. I don't know if it's maybe been undone the last couple of years a little bit, but there's certainly a solid 10, 15 years where like like a light blue aqua not aquamarine, but like a mm-hmm. teal almost equals future. But I feel like green has always also been there too, right? Or For sure, yeah. yeah. I feel like our maybe most of our future worlds are determined by what cinematographers told the director works. Because also there's that phenomenon of uh, science fiction prototyping, where like people see something in science fiction and then make it in real life later. Mm-hmm. So that's probably leading us to a lot of dumb blue-green stuff that we won't right. want. I like, I like, we've all agreed, the future will glow a color. We, we all agree on that. Mm-hmm. We're not sure what color it's going to be, but the future will be a color. Like, it'll <laughs> just, the, the whole world will kind of glow in some way. And so (laughs) get ready. In the next five, 10 years, someone's going to be like, all right, time to turn it on and just flick a blue thing. And it's everything's like kind of light blue forever. Cups yeah. also become square, and then we also have a new color. A lot of things are happening. Yeah, and we go to, to we, ten years. <laughs> we switch over to the three seashells from uh, Demolition Man mm-hmm, and get rid mm-hmm. of toilet paper. Yeah, that's coming. <laughs> a lot coming in the next five, ten years, yeah, guys. So get ready for it. Twenty nineteen. We're in the year uh, from Blade Runner. That's the year. Oh. <laughs> it is. That movie is one of many where we have this phenomenon of. Anytime uh, the characters in a sci-fi movie need information, right? Like, oh, we are we need to go find some information. They go to some giant building that has all the information in it, mm-hmm. which is the most wrong thing. It's yeah. just all online. We don't need to do that. Yeah, but that was like 1984. <laughs> like, when did it actually come out? 19. 19- yeah, around then. Yeah. Look it up, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, they didn't know Wi-Fi. They didn't have those <laughs> ideas. Wi-Fi changed the game, guys. The internet changed the game. It's so great. Yeah, it's yeah. so great, right? Can we all agree? <laughs> Is the internet one of your sponsors too? <laughs> <laughs> Just no, we cuts hate to them. the ad. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like consumer electronics are the one thing that's advancing really, really fast and everything else is kind of staying about the same. I don't know. I feel like sci-fi is still catching up to that. Like we're getting yeah. new phones every month, but also not going to new planets every month. Well, you we're know doing what I mean? a lot of practical things. Like a lot of, I feel the technology we have now are like, yeah, that makes sense. It's just helping us. And things yeah. are becoming automated that used to be human jobs or like, it's just making it's just making us more sedate and sit down. Those are the technologies that we're having, <laughs> like the iPhone, yes. like Siri, like uh, like Alexa. All those things we can just we do less, and that's what technology is. Yeah, no cords. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like in driverless cars, we're just doing less, and that's what technology oh. is taking care of us. I feel as opposed to like in movies or so. You know, we're part we're part of technology. We're moving technology. We're going to the internet house. Like yeah, I don't yeah. Know. But the, the, I think that's that's. Totally true, though, and it's like the the way technology is developing is kind of antithetical to what looks cool in movies, where th- you know things are <laughs> yeah. things are more automatic, things are a lot faster and easier and more accessible to everyone, and so it's like a detective doesn't need to go into some cool noir information building. It's just like any person, even not a detective, could just Google a thing in five seconds. And it doesn't yeah, yeah. doesn't look cool. It's not yeah. good for a narrative because it's just everyone has all information. And so it's like 
we either have to embrace that or deliberately obscure it in with other future technologies so that we can kind of keep a slow developing narrative. Yeah, because even uh, Blade Runner 2049, like the, the very new one, there's a part where Ryan Gosling has to get old information from the robot company. Mm -hmm. And so he goes to their crazy pyramid building. And then like to get into that, there's a reception desk with like a weird bald desiccated guy <laughs> in like this yellow room. And like I, it's it's like you say, it's just like thing on top of thing to distract us from. No, no, no. By then he would just look it up. Right, <laughs> right. But again, like that's 20, like 49, right? So we don't know the Wi-Fi might be gone. You know, they might be right. Oh, boy. We might only have five to 10 years of the internet or the cloud is running out of space. So there are a lot of things that might be happening. Yeah. We might go revert back to like a Wi-Fi-less land. Or just oh, yeah. you'd have to go, go to a pyramid <laughs> and ask the bald, desiccated yeah. guy, you're like, uh, who won Top Chef season three? <laughs> <It's> just like, <laughs> and he goes to his library of printed out like website pages. Yeah. <laughs> I just love like, yeah, the, the idea of going through all of that for like the crap that you Google in two seconds, like before you fall asleep. But even like yeah. movies now that are based on now and not in the future, when just investigating like information, they have to make it exciting in editing because yeah. it's so boring just watching someone like on the table, just like, all right, searching the internet. So they have to add like exciting music. They do fast cuts, yeah. like all these, you know, law and order, like whatever detective procedural things mm. to research. You have to make it exciting or else the viewers like this is not it's not visually fun. Like You have to make it fast, even though the process itself is just we all do it in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one ever just lazily does the internet yeah, yeah. in movies, do they? Yeah. Like, I got it. I got it. Here it is. It's like you have to have pants on to turn it <laughs> yeah, on ugh, in that's movies. That's not right. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. It's just a detective sitting in bed looking at a phone and being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. It. <laughs> that's it. Figure it out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, CSI really, you know, was next level with that. It's just constant flash cuts and, mm -hmm. you know, as they discover something, you see like cuts of the thing or what they're imagining or them piecing it together and finding information on the internet is not yeah. very visually appealing. In the future, it's on the wall. It's in the sky. So yeah. you can play with it. Yeah. Also that hologram thing too, like I, it, it's so much work projecting anything. Yeah. That's the most laborious way to see anything at all. Yeah. And Everything does it in the future. Everything's just like, let's post it on a thing. And like even just looking around the room we're in, it would take a little effort to find the spot to project something onto. Yeah. Like these panels would be weird. The door's too dark. I don't know how we'd do it. But they also don't show the like the day-to-day -day boring version of doing holograms. Like right now, if you do FaceTime with like, my dad is old and sometimes he doesn't realize FaceTime is on. So his ear is on like the monitor or whatever, like on the telephone. <laughs> and so if you do like a yeah. hologram, it's also he's going to be messed up. He's going to be on the toilet or like he's, it's just it's not as going to be as nice as what they think it's going to be. And I don't need a hologram of someone in front of me. I know who they are. I don't yeah. need to see a tiny version of them. <laughs> well, another another day to day thing uh, in that in that article, you guys pick out Back to the Future Part Two yes. and the way they do clothing. Uh, so dumb. <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a famous part from Back to the Future too, and it's a totally again it's a totally cool future thing because it looks cool. Uh, you know, Marty puts a jacket on, and the jacket automatically fits to him. It like the sleeves shorten, and it like fits to his body. And then he puts shoes on, and the shoes kind of fit to him and automatically tie. Yeah, and it seems really cool. It's like oh, anyone could just get anything, but that also means that every jacket or every piece of clothing has to have the maximum amount of material. Mm, so it's like right. every, is every jacket like an XXXXL and then you put it on and then it fits to you and then it just stays that size forever. Right. And then you have like an extra whole jacket like inside your jacket and also like the mechanical pieces to shorten it are in there. It has to have the technology to gauge your size and then the mechanics to like pull the sleeve shorter so that it fits you. All those like robotics are in there and all the material is in there. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just get a thing that fits you already? It doesn't need to change right. size. Once you put it on, it just is your size forever. It might be useful if it's like a loner jacket at like right. a restaurant, a fancy restaurant or something that needs to change size frequently. But like otherwise, there's no there's never any reason to not just buy a thing that is your size already. Right, yeah. like we do. Yeah. Like we do. And then we yeah, return we... it online if it didn't fit and get a new, new one. Yeah. Easy. I still think it's kind of cool, though. It is really yeah. cool. But yeah, I, 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 yeah, if you think about it and you break it down, yeah, it's a bad idea. Yeah. But it's pretty cool. It's just cool. a giant like <laughs> machine box in the back of it that like 
gauges your size and makes the sleeve shorter and then it's like you just have a giant box on your jacket forever yeah. or something. Because like in real life, I feel like the biggest advance and goal of clothing manufacturing is to make stuff as light and breathable as right. possible. Mm -hmm. And then these adjusting coats, because of how matter works, it would just be way too thick every time because all the extra stuff just piles, you know? Yeah. It would yeah. feel terrible. Like, I guess the plus <laughs> side for them is like they only need to manufacture one size forever and it's great. And, uh, but... You, then you think about it for two seconds and you're like, oh, I don't think I would want to wear that ever. With all this stuff, I feel like that one in particular was done just to dress up a scene that would otherwise be boring. Because mm -hmm. they're like yeah. just arriving a place and dressing him. He should just put some clothes on. But yeah. they were like, oh, no, then those 10 seconds are boring. Let's do bad technology. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Like we all remember it. I wouldn't His mind. shoes are cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, cool. the pretty, shoes are pretty, pretty cool. Good. Yeah. Let's do yeah. that. Like, I think we're okay with that. Someone working on that is someone in Silicon Valley. Remember the <laughs> internet? The internet did one of those stupid internet things where it's like Nike re releasing Back to the Future 2 shoes for real. And you're like, oh, cool. And then it's like, oh, no, it's just like a thing that looks like them. You know, it's like yeah. they released a sh special edition <laughs> oh. shoe that is that style. And you're like, oh, well, it doesn't self-tie. That's the whole point of it. It's like, yeah. I don't care if you released a thing that looks like it. Back to the Future in general gave, uh, Back to the Future 2 gave goals to inventors. They're like, oh, okay, we have to make this happen by 2015. Yeah. Like the hoverboard, they kind of made it happen. Like there's a kind of early version of a hoverboard out there. Oh, I think I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And so like there's so many of the inventions that exist in Back to the Future 2. They're like, scientists are like, let's work, let's make that happen versus... AIDS or cancer, or like let's make this movie we loved as a kid come true. <laughs> right. <laughs> when all and also with a lot of this stuff, I feel like in the movies they do a lot of these dumb things just to get great sound effects going. Mm -hmm. And and like Mujan, when you guys do Mission to Six, which is great, people should hear it. You guys get to do a lot of work with like a sound bed, just because right. there's that sci-fi legacy of insane gadgets that yeah. sound like things. Yeah. Just a robot walking, just like you just want to hear him walk. Even though oh, yeah. a really good robot, probably you wouldn't hear the mechanics of a robot walking. Oh, right. They would fix that right away. They would fix it, yeah. They're yeah. Amazon yeah. fluid. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> just, you hear a robot butler, it's just like... Yeah, yeah. It's so like loud. First thing right. you need to change is that. <laughs> and everyone would go on Amazon like, it made all of my meals forever, but it was too loud. Too one star loud. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you knew where it was, like in the garage. Like You knew everywhere that it wasn't exactly what it was doing. And it's just so annoying. <laughs> Let's look at uh, one just real life thing that somehow gets edited out of a lot of movies. This is from Six Technologies Conspicuously Absent from Sci-Fi Movies by David Christopher Bell. And he points out that any kind of post-apocalypse movie or dystopia, uh, there tend to be no bicycles. Mm -hmm. And that would that would kind of fix all of the problems, especially in a movie like The Road, where they're stuck walking forever. They could literally just bicycle down the road. It would be great. I was thinking about that. <laughs> and like, sometimes when you're in these stressful situations, like an apocalyptic event, oh, sure. you're, you don't know how you're going to react, and you have like a fight or flight like reaction to you know possibly being killed by zombies or the end of the world. And maybe your brain just erases bicycles <laughs> like you just don't see them anymore right it's just like a, a psychological problem yeah, at yeah. that point or in those situations the bikes people who are on bikes are so many scenes ahead because they're already like biked away yeah that they're just focusing on the leftover like just over the horizon there's a community of <laughs> utopian <Huge>. bicyclists <laughs> who are fine, yeah. like, yeah, they're they're fine. Okay. we never see that movie yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's just, just a, to a totally intact, like, Portland is just operating fine. Yeah. And the rest of the world is getting attacked <laughs> by zombies. There's a spin class that's already way ahead yeah. of everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the soul cycle is, they're going to exist. They're going to live. Oh, they're so set. Yeah. yeah. And even with the, like, bicycles, I'm relatively lazy. And so my initial reaction is, I don't want to pedal. That sucks. Right. Uh, but in the article, David picks out that the average human walking speed is about three miles per hour. And that same physical effort on a bicycle goes 15 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. So if zombies yeah. are coming, you just want to have a bicycle, even if you're not like a, an athlete yeah. of any kind, you know? I, I also feel like it's a thing they would like explain away in a dystopian movie, like the legend of the, the wheeled Pegasus, like, you know, and then they like see a bicycle and they have no idea what it is because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, this is so futuristic. And like, you know, something <laughs> like that to just explain like why no one has a million bicycles and knows how to ride them and uses them. Cause that, and that's always such a weird sci-fi thing of, 
uh, if it's like a future civilization, but they're still connected to Earth in some way. Like yeah. Star Trek, it's a continuation of our current culture mm-hmm. and stuff. And so then everyone, say, 300 years from now only likes culture from, uh, you know, the 2000s backward. Like right. they only know about classical music and the Beastie Boys. <laughs> and and <laughs> they don't, nobody's like a fan of 2200s rock or something. Right. You know? yeah. Just miss it. That's one of my favorite ongoing tropes in movies where it's like, yeah, in the, in the new Star Trek or the, the Chris Pine one, they show he's a badass by like peeling out to sabotage by yeah. the Beastie Boys and just like... That's like someone now like listening to like Gregorian chants and like <laughs> cruising around or something. You know, it's like music from right, right. That's so or, true. Yeah, or, yeah, like harpsichord music from yeah. the 1700s. Just like or monks, something like, like that. singing. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, this is my jam, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it would be wonderful. Yeah. If there is a film that does like research, like we do everything else with technology in the future. Just like what music would sound like in the future. What would what would be a pop song in like 3087? Yeah. Yeah. That would be very cool. Yeah. I almost just want to get every screenwriter more looped in on tech news and just what's right. going on. Yeah. Like, I think the movie Her, the origin was he, uh, Spike Jones, read about just an AI chatbot that you can talk to. And it didn't work very well. But he mm-hmm. was like, oh, what if you blow out that, like, actual trend in technology? <laughs> like, what if you do that? Yeah. That movie, I feel, is like Wally is one of the future movies that is so true. Yeah. Because yeah. people are, mm-hmm. are, like, best friends with their series. And Alexa's, or I, I think I hear. <laughs> what? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, actually, with the there's also a thing in Star Trek where, for some reason, gun design gets worse over time. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> in real life, we have extremely advanced guns, much to our detriment. And then in Star Trek, the original series, they have phasers that are sort of pistol shaped, but they don't have basic stuff like a gun sight or or like a good trigger. We'll we'll link a picture of it. It's got like a weird button thing. And then in next gen, it's remote control shaped and even harder to use. And so just the Star Trek world, they're getting worse at guns, even yeah. though they're not post gun. They have them, you know. Yeah. And they're critical. Like they co- they're constantly landing on planets where they their survival depends on being able to accurately shoot phasers at, you know, the Borg or whatever's coming after them. Yeah. So it's like they don't have a scope or like a handle to hold it correctly. It's like <laughs> they, they have these like remote controls that they're just like guessing, like hitting a button and hoping it's the correct phaser button and that it goes at the dude. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And also like considering <laughs> the past like 100 or 200 years, how much guns have changed. Like we started with, you know, loading it like manually, like what is that? What are those like old like revolutionary oh, war mus- guns? Muskets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so like three that's like three hundred <laughs> years ago or two hundred years ago. And like, considering that in the future is gonna be completely different. We're gonna oh, we're gonna look back at what we have now and it's like, ugh, like, ugh, that's so disgusting. They did it by they touched a gun? They didn't <laughs> yeah. use their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have floating floating eye guns in, yeah. the, in Star Trek. We have laser sights now and like everything. They're just like kind of winging it. They're just eyeballing, shooting at like the Borg. And if they miss, they get killed. Like their civilization, like they need yeah, accurate yeah. shooting weapons and they don't, you know, it's like. That's what Star Wars, I mean, does it better with at least lasers. They at least introduce Right. Something of a laser, which we don't have yet. I don't know. Do we? Do we have laser? We have laser guns. We have laser guns, but they're not guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not the cool movie lasers no, that no. cut through everything. Nope, nope. nope. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be like, we don't have that at all. And then we totally when do. we're done, yeah. I'll I'll look at my phone and like, oh, no, they invented it. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. They got it. Yeah. Well, we talked about in a previous podcast that during World War II, the Japanese were developing like a laser beam, like, yeah, a, yeah. like a death ray, basically. And it was like a microwave thing that you had to focus on a thing for like 15 mm. minutes to like heat them up or something. It was like a million times less effective than just a gun. Right. And it's like the rudiments of what these sci-fi things finally are that only kind of work that well. It's crazy. Or they're just like an <laughs> homage to old like Westerns or like old movies and taking oh. those guns and making them more modern. But that just, no, the future's not going to hopefully be like that. Yeah, I, I hope they'll, well, because also Star Trek, they're utopian about money. Like just no one has any money. But yeah. then guns, they still have. They, they're not past weaponry. Okay, it's so just they... way worse somehow. There's another thing where, especially in post-apocalypses or just future war, in particular, Avatar is the one this article picks out. But there's a lot of soldiers in like these huge mech suits where also their physical body is there and it's in a glass thing where they're very vulnerable. And uh, Avatar was made in 2009 when we had drones. Hmm. Uh, they could have just used drones and, uh, and then no soldiers have to be at risk or in trouble. In the future, there's going to be less humans on fighting 
like planes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, that's another thing where it's like it has to be that because it's cool. Yeah. You know, it's cool when they're the pilots or riding the mech suits. And then also there's stakes because it's like they right. like die if their plane explodes. Right, right. And it's like in reality, none of this would need to happen. But it sucks if it if Luke Skywalker is just like in some pod like flying a drone around. Right. Like, I know Star Wars is a fantasy, not a sci-fi. You don't need to <laughs> IM me. But like they do have a billion robots in that movie. They could probably figure out a robot that flies a thing without a human. Yeah, it wouldn't be cool to see them all just like in a mission control room, just like yeah. on computers, just like pressing their buttons and right. Yeah, and if they die, it's like, oh well, whatever. Yeah. Like I'll just do another one. Like the only accurate movie was Toys with Robin Williams. They had drones I and seen toys? It. Yeah, it's a movie about it's uh this this like colonel takes over a toy factory and then yeah. uh it starts turning using the toys for war and it's basically like drone warfare. Great. But yeah, <laughs> it's way more accurate that. than every, turns out it was way more accurate than every cool movie that came right. after it. We've also got one here. Uh, it, it's sort of the reverse way to get into this premise, but uh, dystopias. So they're movies where there's a lot of tech that is advanced, but we're supposed to be mad at it, right? Because it's making everything dystopian. Mm -hmm. And this cracked article, five dystopian movie technologies that would improve our world by Luke McKinney. He picks out that barcodes on people or like the related thing would be a retinal scan or something that's in a lot of dystopias, right? Where they can track you based on just a thing on your body. And would that be okay? Kind of, that might be fine somewhat. <laughs> I feel like we already have that, but not yeah. in like a, you know, like it's not organized yet, but our data and everything is already out there. Yeah. That right. We can be, but it's piecemeal. It's yeah. piece, piecemeal. Yeah. I don't know. Like, if you put a barcode, can you change the information on it? Because I feel like if you put a barcode once, it's that you go Social Security. You have, like, medical history up to a certain point. Like, what is in the barcode? Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't but, I don't know. I don't like the idea of, of it. But I think it's already happening. Yeah, like, all of us who own iPhones are in some kind of database somewhere. And that's not everybody. But they can, like, see where we are in the world at any time, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. so what's the difference of having some kind of convenient ID that's on your body so you can, like... Make sure you get to vote and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you already have like a birth certificate. You have like your tax information and social security information is seen by thousands of people. Yeah. And so it's like, I feel like, yeah, the dystopian movies are always like, they show that to make it like, look, yeah. we're all cogs in a machine. <laughs> like, we're just scanning. It. You're just another code, man. But yeah, we kind of have that. It's just slower and more boring. You know, you you fill out forms constantly. You fill out yeah. tax information. And we give away information so willing. We yeah. no, nobody ever, I mean, if you do, bless your heart. But, like, we never read, like, the user <laughs> agreements to anything. We're just like, yeah, whatever. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll join Facebook. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you guys seen there's a, a graphic novel where somebody took the um, iTunes terms and conditions <laughs> and just made that the entire text of the graphic novel? Whoa. That's, uh, the artist is R. Sikoriak. We'll, we'll link it. But he like every single page is just this lavish new new whole style of drawing. And it's really exciting visually. And it's still just boring. Like you can't oh, get no. through it anyway. Oh, no. The visuals though... <laughs> don't even help. Yeah. It's just unreadable right. anyway. It's crazy. That's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Even if you try to avoid Facebook or whatever and, like, don't give out your information, like, you still have a social security card, mm -hmm. right? Like, right. you still have to file taxes. Like, that information exists. It's just boring and filled out in paper form or, you know, by hand. And so it's like movies taking basically that same thing, making it futuristic, and then you're like, ooh, that's evil. Like, the government is making yeah. everyone scan their barcode right. or their eyeball or whatever, yeah. like... And it's just like, no, we're kind of doing that already. It's just in a much more boring way. Or we're like, you know, 20, like those like ancestry sites. Like you give your blood and you get to see like, oh, I'm 23% whatever. But at the same time, you're also giving them data so they could research your blood for like genetic testing. But oh, we're yeah. always like, that's cool. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> whatever. Right. It's a fun business model. I didn't to know us. I was like from Switzerland. That's so cool. <laughs> like in the movie, there's this like evil company that's like, how are we going to make things dystopian? And then they just like have Facebook and 23andMe and they're like, oh, people love this shit. 
Never yeah. mind. Oh, wait. So we're, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. They really, really love it. Okay. Oh, I thought there was going to be a tough, uh, tough sell and we we're going to yeah. have to. Everyone's like going to delete it, they say, for a week and then they don't. <laughs> like, it's working. Well, shit. We can cancel the plans to build the giant citadel in the middle of the city that, like, you know, yeah. that overlooks the city in looming despair. Yeah, we can like, bring the one eye down. Yeah. yeah big, big brother, we don't need him anymore. It's fine. You're off. Like, this is, I, they're just kind of doing it. This is fine. We can just keep our office space. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's nice. That uh, that makes nine forty a.m. I guess let's go home. All right. Oh, 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 yeah. my I'm exhausted oh. from swiping shit anyway. <laughs> swiping everybody's this works information. works out great. <laughs> love it. I love this biz. <laughs> Folks, that's the episode for this week. My thanks to Dan Hopper and Mujan Zulfagari for boldly going where nobody who made these movies seems willing to go, specifically the world of common sense. And in our footnotes, you will find those great cracked pieces we drew on today. Also, more background on science, like the Purkinje effect that we touched on. And and there's a lot to it in terms of the scientific principles that could also very easily go into science fiction. You'll also find more things from Dan, such as his Twitter account that is at DanHop with two Ps. It's very funny. And from Mujan, such as her hilarious podcast, Mission to Zix. That is spelled Z-Y-X-X. And it is an extremely good time. I highly recommend it. She plays a spaceship. Isn't that fun? It is. One fun update for you here. We have a live Los Angeles episode of this podcast. Coming up, our next Live Cracked podcast is at the UCB Sunset Theater in LA on Saturday, February 23rd at 9 p.m. It's going to be an Oscars-based show because tis the season of fancy movies that want to win awards. And if you like this episode, which was 99%, you know, movie stuff, you're going to love that live one, I think, even though the the Oscars don't like science fiction. But the movies, it's great. Tickets are on sale soon. We will link them when they are. Beyond that, our theme music is the song Chicago Falcon by the one and only Budos Band. This episode was engineered by Ryan Connor and edited by Chris Souza. If you love this episode, that's great. If you hated it, let me know about it on social media. That's right, social media. A thing that not all sci-fi depicts very effectively, uh, but, you know, cut them some slack because a lot of modern day shows and movies, uh, they're weird about it, too. My own weird Twitter account is at Alex Schmidt. Uh, my Instagram is at Alex Schmidtstagram, and I'm on the wider Internet at my website, alexschmidt.com. And I'm happy to say we will be back next week with more Cracked Podcast. So how about that? Talk to you then. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.